Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Let's pray. Um, Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this time as we share the word of God with your people Pray none of me, but all of you. Give, grant unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Pray that you'll grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, which is the exceeding, and that they will know what is the, um, um, exceeding power towards them that believe. And Father, I thank you, Father, as we talk about characteristics of um, growing up spiritually, um, a childhood, and as well as, as well as humility. I thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share your word with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to um, talk, continue to talk about spiritual growth. Um, go with me in your Bibles to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. I'm going to be preaching out of the King James Version today, uh, mainly um, as opposed to ESV is what I normally do. But e, um, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're talking about growing up spiritually. Last week we talked about the characteristics of babyhood Christianity. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about childhood, like children. So we said that there are three different categories of childhood, I mean, um, spiritual growth. You have um, baby, child, and then manhood or maturity. King James, well, in the Greek, it translates manhood, but just means um, um, maturity. Um, so here we go. Ephesians chapter 4. And let's take a look at, let's start with verse 11. These are ministry gifts, the fivefold ministry gifts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some, talking about Christ, Christ gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And that's what we call the fivefold ministry gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists pastors, and teachers. And it goes on, it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we see that these ministry gifts are sent, given to the body for the perfection of the body of Christ, um, the edification um, to equip the, the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry and to mature the saints. And it goes on and says, verse 13, till we all come into unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man or mature man, and to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. And so we see here that these ministry gifts are given so that we can, it can produce unity. It can also um, cause us to grow in the knowledge of Jesus, the Son of God, and unto a perfect or mature individual, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. And in verse 14, it says, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro 
and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of, of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So we see from this passage um, that these ministry gifts are given to equip the body so the body can grow and God expects us to grow. Notice that one of the characteristics of a ch child is that they're tossed to and fro. That in other words, that they get their hands on, they, they just, they're kind of wild. You know, they go whatever direction that they feel like going. They're led by their feelings and not necessarily by the, their faith. I was thinking about this, meditating this, this week and last week, that everything about us should be governed, our faith should govern everything about us. You know, that our faith in Jesus should govern our life and not necessarily um, be something, a sidebar, but it should actually be part of our life, that it should be the center of our life. Everything that we do, we should be governed by our faith. We get married based on our faith, right? The person that we marry. Um, we have children based on our faith. And we raise our children based on our faith. We, we go to work based on our faith. We govern every area of our lives. And a child, you know, if you think about a, a child, a child will pick up anything, put it in their mouth. It could be um, old food. You know, it could be dog food. It could be um, fingernail polish. Whatever was, whatever's on the floor, um, a screw, a baby will just, uh, a child will put that in their mouth. And so as, as children of God, if you're in that childhood stage, then you need to be careful about what you are eating, reading. Um, just like we, we are what we eat, right? Well, we are what we read. And so as Christians, um, I would warn you to not read everything that is Christian, <laughs> everything that says Christian, because it can mess you up. Um, Kenneth E. Hagen, um, dad, we call him Dad Hagen around here, he actually um, shared one time that he had read some books early on in his Christian walk, and he said that those things really bothered him for the majority of his life in ministry. So it's easy to learn things, but it's not as easy to unlearn them. So you got to be careful what you learn and, and, and making sure that you're building a foundation. Because if you're not building a foundation, then you're going to end up, abort, you know, you can get some stuff in you that is hard to get out. And so this, this passage right here tells us that we should be no more, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. So a, a, a childhood Christianity will go to back and forth and carry it about with every wind of doctrine. In other words, they, you know, whatever is happening, whatever is popular at the time, they'll, they'll jump on that and just say, hey, this is what God is saying. And, you know, prophetic movement, oh, let's jump over there. Um, deliverance, oh, let's jump on that. Healing, oh, let's jump on that. Prosperity, you know, whatever is going on in the popular Christianity, right, that's the part that they will actually jump on and be a part of that. And so we, we want to locate ourselves. If you, if you are a babe in Christ, then you, you just got saved. And, 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 but, but again, you could be 40 years old or 40, be, have been saved 40 years and still be a baby. 
You know what I'm saying? So there are some people who are babies and thinking they're mature. So you don't get mature just because you, you've been in the faith, in the way, <laughs> all these years, right? You, 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 I mean, it just doesn't happen. I know people who've been saved since I was little, and I remember just growing up, and I'm like, well, they're still at the same place that they were. But in my mind, I thought they were mature. They're not living by their faith. And I'm not just talking about, oh, let's take a step of faith. I mean, a lot of times when the people hear faith, they think about taking a step or a leap of faith. And we're not just take leaps, right? Which it takes, we walk by faith, right? <laughs> we don't take leaps of faith. We walk by faith. Um, and so childhood Christianity is, is that you, you are you're a little bit older than a babe, right? So you've been in the faith or in the way for a while. And you, you have developed a little bit of your faith, but you're still not mature in the things of God. Children are still, they still need to be cared for. They still need guidance, right? Um, so whether you are babyhood, childhood, or mature, you still need pastors, teachers, and ministry gifts, right? So I don't want you to think that, oh, I'm mature and I don't need the ministry gifts, I don't need anyone to teach me. I heard somebody recently say, oh, you know, I read the Bible, you know, like 17 times back and back. And I don't, you know, I don't really need anybody because I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so we, we got to be careful about thinking that we don't need teachers. God, Christ has given teachers in the body so that we can learn, right? Everybody has learned something from somebody else. <laughs> All right, so don't think that you have to, matured. Maturity is not necessarily that everything, like you, you've come to a place where everything is perfect and, and you don't need help or you don't need prayer. The Apostle Paul had needed prayer, right? Uh, we saw from Sunday, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, Paul says, and pray for us <laughs> that we be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. And so if the apostle Paul needed prayer, how much more do we need prayer, right? <laughs> so don't ever think that you come to a place where you don't need prayer. Maturity doesn't necessarily mean that you don't need anybody. Maturity, it doesn't mean that you come to a place of perfection, but that you are stronger in the, in the things of God. One of the things that is um, often misunderstood as it talks about Christianity at different stages is that people who pray and hear from God, just because you hear from God doesn't mean that you mature, right? Sinners can hear from God, right? They should hear from God. Come to Jesus, you know, and even God, the Holy Spirit, will warn them of danger and prevent them from, from doing things. They can be led unconsciously. Unsaved people can be led by the Spirit of God. Like I shared the testimony about my tooth with the dentist. The Spirit of God led the dentist. I don't know if he was saved or not, but it doesn't matter. When he touched this temple, then he needed to be led. Um, great news for, about Cleveland. He gave um, a young man, your minister here, he actually donated his bone marrow. And um, I've heard from the past that it was painful. Well, it was a pain-free situation. <laughs> That's what he was believing God for. I did not have the faith for that, <laughs> just based on what I've heard, I, you know. And so, but he he had a, a, a pain-free situation, and he was just sore. Like, I texted him this morning. I said, how do you feel? He said, I'm just sore. And so, thank God, right? And so, getting prayers answered doesn't mean that you're mature, 
right? Um, being used by God doesn't mean that you mature. And that's, a, that's a, also a, a thing that sometimes people think, well, if God uses me, then I must be mature in the things of God. And I've seen churches where people have this, um, you know, this, this pride on them and like God spoke to me, God used me, I'm anointed. I'm not, listen to this, this is something big. I'm not against dance ministry, right? I'm not. I'm not against dance ministry. But I've seen in some churches, not just, I'm not just talking about the church I came out of, but in some churches I've seen where dance ministry, it seems to be the leader of that dance ministry seems to have an arrogance as if they were part of the fivefold ministry. Or I've seen it in intercessory prayer meetings or uh, the, the head intercessor of I, because I pray for this ministry and I intercede and I birth things in the spirit of having such a, a, a cocky, prideful spirit as if they are part of the Trinity. <laughs> I, I, I'm seeing it, you know, oh, I, I, I know how to pray. Just because, how many know everybody, everybody's called to intercede, right? And so just because you have interceded for some people or nations or whatever, and God has used you mightily, doesn't mean that you're mature in the faith. <laughs> It is because if you take away the public platform of intercession, how much will you intercede? And no one knows your name. <laughs> right? That's the real test, right? If you're really a prayer warrior, right, as some will call, then how much do you pray in private? There was a woman of God. Her name was Jenny Wilkerson. She um, has a book that I recommend. It's called Contact with God, I believe. Jenny Wilkerson. And she's one of the few people that has ever prophesied to Dad Hagen and had been right on. And so she was a prophetess back in the 60s and 70s. She's home with the Lord now. And she, one of the things that she always wanted is to pray, her prayer life to be stronger privately than publicly. And that's what we need, right? We want our prayer life to be stronger privately than publicly. No one needs to know how much we pray. And sometimes people who pray a lot, what they'll do is some, 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 not all, will boast how much they pray. I prayed eight hours, and, and I've interceded, and, and God has used me, and I've seen vision. Just because you have a vision doesn't mean that you're mature, right? Just because you had an encounter with Jesus doesn't mean that you're mature, and so we got to be careful of these experiences to validate our maturity in the faith. It doesn't mean that because you have prayed and I've seen deaf ears open, right? That was, that was when I was like 22, 23. So that doesn't mean that I, I'm, you know, it, I think sometimes we look at men and women of God as if they're mighty men and women of God. They just, men, they're men and women who serve a mighty God and they know God in a mighty way. That's all. They're not big. They're not anything fancy. They're just servants of God, and they've learned humility, and they've learned how to grow and patience. And really, and I'm, I'm spilling over to maturity, but really, when you really know God, that's, that speaks of your maturity. And when how much you love, not how much gifts you have. There are a lot of people who have gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, and they can flow prophetically. They, um, I was with the prophet um, for three days, me and my wife and my mom and kids, and he, he called out my wife's uh, 
mom and dad and sister and, and gave details about my life and details about um, ministry and so forth and, and really spoke to some things. But that doesn't mean that that prophet was mature, right? <laughs> right? Just because somebody can give you, somebody call out your social security number or your, or, or your um, account number doesn't mean that they are they're in this place totally anointed by God like they're in this secluded place. And sometimes we think that because, you, because a person is a prophet doesn't mean they're mature. I've heard prophets going into cities and sleeping with every woman that they had an opportunity they can. They prophesied them right out of the church into their bed. <laughs> True story. True story. And I'm telling you, it doesn't, you, there are many people who are going to stand before the Lord. Lord, Lord, did I not, did I not do this? Did I not, just because you can cast out devils don't mean that you're anointed. Judas casted out a devil, right? And he was the devil. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's what the word, it's God sent the, um, Jesus sent the disciples two by two, and they did what he commanded. They healed the sick, raised the dead. Um, minister, so just because somebody raised somebody from the dead doesn't mean they're mature. <laughs> Y'all do understand that, right? I mean, we marvel at that. We're like, whoa, you know, and the children of Israel saw the mighty acts of God. Pharaoh saw the things like supernatural stuff. I mean, Pharaoh didn't see like, I mean, and his heart was still hardened. Miracles don't change you. The spirit of God does. The grace of God does. The gospel does. But miracles don't change. Prophetic doesn't change you. Now, it can, right? Right? I'm not, I'm, I believe in prophecy, so don't leave here thinking that I don't. I, 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 we welcome those things, and we want those things, and we want God to move in those ways. But we are not to seek the super, we're not to seek, seek the spectacular and miss the supernatural. And so me teaching can be just as supernatural as if everybody laid on us out and, and we're singing glory, 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 right? It, it, it can be just as supernatural. And so I think that, and then, and, and, and just because you praise quietly doesn't mean you mature. And just because you praise loudly doesn't mean that you mature, right? Just because you can pray loudly doesn't mean that you're mature. And I think sometimes we have equal maturity to these external things. Just because people fast 40 days doesn't mean they're mature. Kenneth Hagin, who is a man of God who I consider very mature, he, he's, he never fasted more than three, day, three days. You know? And then my, other, my, my pastor from Oklahoma, Dave Robinson, he fasted 40 days. So, I mean, it, so it, it, fasting long periods of time or short periods, of, doesn't make, it doesn't make you mature. Or winning a lot of people to Jesus doesn't make you mature. You can be very immature, but yet still lead people to Christ. So I don't want us to equate um, being used by God, being a person of prayer. Every Christian should be a person of prayer. And just because you have discernment doesn't mean you're mature. I'm telling you, there's people, I see things, and, 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 and that person's not, okay, welcome to Christianity. Like, everybody who has the Spirit of God should have some type of discernment. You know, I have the gift of discernment. How many have heard that? I have the gift of discernment. Well, most women that I know of have, a, you know, it seems like they have a, a heightened version of some type of discernment. I mean, I mean, you know, and sometimes they're not even saved. <laughs> they just like, they know stuff. And I think God has just placed that within, you know, certain women, you know. And, and then sometimes people just, uh, they observe things. And, and so they, it doesn't mean that they're, 
So I, 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 I want us to be very careful of those things, thinking that someone's mature because they can preach, they can teach, they can flow. They, you know, there are other elements of maturity. And one of the main ones, and we'll talk about this the next time we come together. Next week, we're not having Bible study because of Thanksgiving. I want you to cook real good, say pastor plate. <laughs> I'll come to my pastor's house and get a sweet potato pie, <laughs> Mr. Allen. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I want us to think about it. So the, one of the areas that you know that you mature is out of 1 John. Let's go 1 John real quick. 1 John. Is this helping anybody? Yes. I mean, I know we're just, but dance leaders, some of the dance, dancers, I've seen it prideful as if, oh, God uses me in the prophetic dance. So what? David was used prophetically dancing, like he danced out of his, his priestly clothing. So it doesn't mean that you are somebody special because you dance prophetically, or you prophesy, or you sung prophetically. It, those things, we should have those things. That, that's common. That's, that was happening in the church, and even in the Old Testament, it was happening. So, and then all great intercessors. Well, number one, every Christian is called to intercede. <laughs> so there is no position in the body of Christ for an intercessor. We are called to pray. You know, a credit, some people have a greater grace, and, and they can pray longer than others. I learned it from George Myers when I was a teenager. George Myers has been around a long time, right? And I, and I still got the cassettes that I, I bought. I bought some, somebody else bought it, and I copied it as a teenager, her message, and she, and she broke that down. I was like, oh, man. So, so a lot of people, you, stuff you see now, Joyce Myers, when I heard her, she, she didn't have a big crowd. And, then, and, and I remember um, the largest crowd that she had, I was at that meeting. And that was the largest crowd that Bishop Jakes had as well. And that was at Azusa. And I was there as a, as a young man, and, and, this is the, and I was like, who are these people? These, I mean, well, I know Joyce Myers, but wow. But, but back then, that was the largest crowd that they had. And I was able to see that God exalted. But just, again, just because maturity, again, has not been having blessings. You know, just because you, you're prosperous doesn't mean that you mature. Because there's people who are not saved who's prosperous. <laughs> Does that mean that they're spiritually mature? So let's go to 1 John, 1 John. Or being poor doesn't make you mature. Some people got it twisted. Some other camps. Oh, we, we, we're poor around here. <laughs> the Lord has blessed us. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you, and having false humility doesn't mean that you mature. Thinking that, oh, I'm just, I'm just a nobody. <laughs> trying to tell somebody about, you know, just trying, trying to tell anybody about somebody who can save their soul. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that doesn't mean that you mature because you say, I'm just a nobody. You know, well, that's William Brothers, right? <laughs> oh, Cats and Crown. Okay. Yeah, they got them from, from the William Brothers <laughs> from Mississippi. William Brothers are from Mississippi. <laughs> Y'all didn't know that, right? First John 4. Let's look at First John chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8. All right, so this is the measuring stick of maturity. Here we go. Beloved, let us love one another. This is King James. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth, when you see T-H at the end of in the King James, it means to continue. Everyone that loveth is born of God, and what? 
knoweth God or knows God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And so the measuring stick, if we are mature or whether or not we know God, is the amount of love that we walk in. Not how many gifts we have, because I know some, some brothers and sisters who have great love and little or no gifts of the Spirit, and they know God better than other Christians. And they're mature spiritually. Spiritual gifts do not make you mature. I did not say that so that you won't seek or believe God for spiritual gifts, okay? <laughs> believe God for those things. But the beautiful thing is Paul tells us how to operate in the gifts out of love in 1 Corinthians 11, all right? 13, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love, you know, the love walk. And so love should govern our lives. And so the, here's the scripture says, let us love one another. So how do you know if you're spiritually mature, how much love you walk in towards your brothers and your sisters and mainly your spouse or your children or your parents or your grandparents? Or I mean, that is a measuring stick, how much you love your enemies, right? The first thing that Jesus talks about in prayer, he says, pray for those that despitefully use you. Right? The first thing he ever said about prayer that we have recorded is that to pray for those. And so how much prayer and don't, you know, can you bless somebody without them knowing that you bless them? Can you send them an offering that they even know that, you know, maybe creating a separate cash app and send them some money and they don't know who it's from? <laughs> I mean, that, that's really, it, it takes love. You don't get no credit for it. Nobody knows about it. <laughs> or, or, or are you praying for somebody who, who you really have some ill feelings towards, and you say, Lord, I'm going to pray that God bless them. Lord, Lord, I call your blessings down upon them. How many times can you forgive a person and, and not hold anything against them and say, I'm going to love them, and I'm going to bless them, I'm going to be there for them, even if they weren't there for me. Most of our friends is friends because we've been, there's some kind of thing that they're meeting for us. But are you, are you able to love somebody when they are not lovable? When you're able to walk with somebody when they're going through hell, and there's nothing that you, that's benefiting you. Sometimes people minister to people out of selfish reason because it validates them. What I found out is some people weren't popular in the world, and so they get popular in the church, and it fulfills a need of their, uh, of their ego. <laughs> you know, and so we got to be careful of that, right? Um, so love is a measuring stick of your maturity in Christ. How much love you walk in? How much can you love people? Can you love your enemies? Can you pray for them? Can you, you know, intercede and supplicate for them? Can you bless them? Can you forgive a person 70 times 7 in one day for doing the same thing. <laughs> 70 times 7 is what, Greg? 490, right? So 490, right? 490 times, I mean, a day, per day, over the same matter. <laughs> Most of us give up after the second time. <laughs> Didn't I say? <laughs> and so that is a measuring stick. How much you grow, how much you mature, how much maturity you really have is how much you love and you forgive and you continue to love and you just continue to forgive. Let's go back to Ephesians. So, so notice, wait, real quick, First John 4, 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. So if you're really walking in love, 
then you know, you not only do you um, are you mature, but you know God. People who know God walk in love. Everyone, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. An indicator that you are born again is that you have the love of God in your heart. That means your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, Right? Sometimes people don't like their mother-in-laws, right? <laughs> Your mother-in-laws. You know, you got to love them regardless, right? <laughs> Mother, can you, move, can you move your mother-in-law in your house if, if it, when they get of age? <laughs> Everybody got quiet on that. <laughs> I love you. Let me buy you a house. <laughs> Some of y'all got more faith to buy them a house than they can <laughs> to move with them in. I believe God. Let's believe God. <laughs> Honey, let's, let's sow towards them living by themselves. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but love it. Let us love one another. For lovers of God, uh, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, it did not say that he wasn't born again. It says that he doesn't know God. So it is possible for you to be saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. And being filled with this Holy Spirit doesn't make you mature. Right? And there's, there's initial infilling and there's many refillings. So we need to be filled every day. How many know you can be filled with the Spirit one minute and full of the flesh the next minute, right? You can be... I remember being... Prayerful, and uh, this is I'm going back in, in as, as a teenager, very prayerful. I'll be in my room praying, I had my little quiet music on, my you know, and and just praying. And my, one of my brothers or my sisters would come to my room and bust in. I'm like, What are you doing? <laughs> You're messing me up, you took me out of the spirit. <laughs> and what I should have did is, like, Let me play with you a little bit, you know, let me take some time. Maybe they wouldn't be just messed up there now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. If I would have took some time as the big brother and spent time with them, maybe I could have saved some things, saved them from some some experiences. <laughs> All right, um, what scripture I told you to go back to? Ephesians. Ephesians. Let's go back to Ephesians. Thank you. Ephesians. Everyone that loves so maturity is not based on gifts. Um, um, it's not based on uh, one of the things, uh, characteristics of a child. Um, a childhood Christianity is that a talk talkativeness. They talk a lot. Children talk a lot. Are we there yet? <laughs> if you have some of y'all haven't experienced that yet, it's coming. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And that's a real. That's a movie actually. But listen, it's real. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Is it tomorrow yet? Is it Christmas yet? And this is like what in the world? <laughs> All right. So. One of the things that an immature Christian does, they talk a lot. They talk, I mean, and how many know that where there's much talking, there's much sinning? All right? They gossip. If you have a problem with gossip, you're immature as a Christian. Um, there's a book by Zorna, Zona Hayes, um, Dr. Norva Hayes' daughter, and it's called Gossip Your Way to Hell. Gossip is a very serious thing as it relates to God. God doesn't want you to be a gossiper. And so if you gossip and you're ruled by that, that gossip at work, gossip at home, gossip at, gossip 
at church, that's a problem. So one of the things a child does is they run their mouth. They're always talking. They, whatever they hear, they talk. And um, recently, my oldest son, um, we were sitting down in the living room with my mom, and my oldest son said to my mom, Mom and Dad talk about you. <laughs> and, and so we, we were just floored, like, <laughs> what are we gonna say? And so we asked him, "What did you, what 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 do we talk about my mom about, and grandma about?" And he was like, "Well, when um, we were down in South Carolina, and and they were you know passing, you know y'all was saying that my mom was hogging the baby, grandma was hogging the baby from from uh, my other grandma and grandpa." <laughs> I said, yeah, we did say that. <laughs> and, and so <coughs> kids have no filters. No, they, no they, just, they just like, hey, <laughs> I was with the devil last night, and it was wonderful, and now I need deliverance. <laughs> uh, it, th- that is a, um, one of the characteristics of a childhood Christianity. They just talk. They have no wisdom. They just talk. And they say whatever comes across their mind. Um, so childhood, one characteristics that you're a child in, in Christianity is you just say anything that comes across your mind. Okay, so you're in prayer, you get a vision, you hear something, and you tell everybody. Joseph, right? <laughs> if you tell everything that God tells you, he'll stop talking to you. That right there is a, that's a word for you driving over here. So don't tell everything that there are things that God has spoken to me about things at the church. I just can't say it. Because if I say it, it's prematurely or, you know, or just for me to just be quiet. So, so you don't say everything that you hear in prayer. So you write it down. You pray. You, you know, there are some things that should be secret between you and God and your secret place between you and God. You know, you, you shouldn't. Keep everything. I remember when my wife was pregnant with the first, second baby, and she was like, you've been praying. <laughs> with the, I was like, you've been in my prayer notes. <laughs> so, so you got to keep things between you and God and learn how mature Christian will know how to, when to say things and when not to say things. Um, there is a way to minister to people. Notice the scripture says in Ephesians 4, let's go over there, Ephesians chapter 4, it says, verse 15, but speaking the truth in love. So a mature Christian will not only, see, some, the immature Christian just speaks the truth. Just, what, oh, you're going to hell, or, you, you know, you ain't right, or, you know, you're sinning. But a mature Christian will speak the truth in love. Amen. There's a way to do it. There, there's a timing to do it. You don't speak out of sync with it. You know, though it's true doesn't mean that it needs to be spoken now, Right? <laughs> There's a timing to speak it, and there's a way to do it. There, you know, Apostle Paul is a great example in Corinthians. He praises them, then he rebukes them, and then he ends with a praise. That's called sandwich. He sandwiched them. Oh, you're great. You're anointed. You're God's child, but there's sin among you, <laughs> and you need to get this right. And da 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 da. And then, but Lord loves you. And, you know, and he ends with that. And so we have to take a lesson from that. There is a way to do it. There is a way to talk to people. There is a way, you know. And so maturity, will you will grow in wisdom, right? 
when to say something, when not to say it, when to, you know, when to do something. When An immature person will, a childhood Christianity will get a, a sense of call of God in their life, and they'll step out and start doing it. Mature Christian will take to, realize it takes time to develop. Is my character up to the par of me handling this call? So if it takes 10 years for me to develop into that person to handle this call, it, I'm okay with it. Patience. Let patience have her perfect work, right? And so as, you're pa- so as a Christian, we need to develop patience. And patience needs to have, we, mean, we need to be mature in patience. I can endure. I can, if you can ever outweigh I'll have more patience than the devil you'll win every time. Every time. So the longer it takes for a prayer to be answered, for a manifestation of what you're believing for, the better off you are. Y'all don't believe that. But the longer it takes for you to see what you're believing for, the better off it is for you because you're learning how to stand. God is more concerned about your character than answering your prayers. And a Christian, a mature Christian, will seize the moment of that patience, that trial that you, remember, you're either at the beginning of a trial, the middle of a trial, or the end of a trial. We can use trials for our advantage. So as we're going through, which you're going to go through, right, whether you're saved or not, right, so don't think that it's, you're somebody uh, special because you're going through something, right? Oh, we're going through a hard time. Welcome to life, Right? There are people that are not saved go through hard times. It's what you do in the hard times. So as a Christian, it's that patience that's been developed as you endure, as you believe in God, as you're seeking God, as you're walking with God in the midst of um, your opportunity. So I just want to encourage you um, to locate what you are. Are you a baby Christian? Are you a child in childhood Christianity? Are you mature? Everybody wants to say mature, but really look at it. Are you governed by your faith? Has, are you really walking in love? Are you really developing your love walk? Can you forgive? Are you not um, quick to, um, to be offensive, uh, offended? Are you offended easily? You know, if, if somebody doesn't say anything to you. Um, um, recently, I'll tell you the attacks of the enemy and I'm going to say it publicly, it is okay, is that I, I had a couple of things happen to me on Sunday, or between Sunday and Monday, from the message I preached, right? I'm asking Satan. And so one of the things was um, somebody texted me, and it was, I mean, they were trying to text me in the name of the Lord, uh, in the name of the Holy Spirit, and trying to bring correction to me uh, concerning how I delivered the message on Sunday. And so... What I did is I, I, I had to calm down. I told Dave, I said, um, I, I, I want to respond right now, but it was Sunday night. And, and I said, but I can't. I can't. I need to wait. Let me just wait. So I let me pray in tongues for a couple hours, and I prayed in tongues and let the love of God um, rise up within me. And then I responded. I said, um, thank you uh, for your constructive criticism. <laughs> Number one, I dismant. I dis. Um, I pulled apart the ideology that it was the Lord leading that person. And I said, it was your constructive criticism, 
one. Number two, um, the graces of my life, that's the way I flow. And, and if you don't like it, then I, I didn't say if you don't like it, then go. I didn't say that, but I said it, it, that's just the way it is. But thank you for your constructive criticism. And so I told them, and they did not respond. It was it. So they might have left the church, but it's okay. It's good. I mean, sometimes, you, some people, you don't want to leave. And then other people, you're like, you know, praise God. Thank God, you know, for keeping keep moving. And, um, and so I, I just, that's the way you have to respond in that way, not quick to be offensive. And I looked at it, I said, well, is there some val- validation to what they said? Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things a mature Christian would do. They won't just take it to heart, but let me take a look at this. Let me see if it's really, you know, of God or not. And so that's what you, you have to do. You don't, you don't be easily offended. And sometimes I have to say, I'm about to ask you something, or don't, don't, get, don't get offended with this, you know. Um, and so that's what you, you, you kind of approach stuff, and, and, and you, 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 it's a time to, to really grow in humility. Humility is important, and I want to end with this. I want to end with talking about humility real quick. And so Andrew, um, Andrew Murray wrote this, and he said, Christians, Christian life has suffered loss because believers have not been distinctively guided to see that nothing is more natural and beautiful and blessed than to be nothing, so that God may be all. It has not been, so, it has not been made clear that it is not sin that humbles us most, but grace. Let me say it again. Christian life has suffered loss because believers have not been distinctively guided to see that nothing is more natural and beautiful and blessed than to be nothing, so that God may be all. It has not been made clear that it is not sin that humbles us the most, but grace. And many a times, many Christians are, are, are prideful and, and, and again, one of the things that to let you know if you're mature is you have humility. Now, remember that false humility is, is your pride of your humility. You pride for over the fact that you're humble. So it really is not really humility. It's pride. And I want to remind you, we know that in the in Christ truths, right, uh, Minister Allen ministered about the, the in him realities a while back. So... You know, in Christ we can do all things. In Christ we have all things, right, and so forth. But these are some in me realities, and I'm, and you can take your take your notes. Galatians chapter six, verse three. Galatians chapter six, verse three. I'm gonna say these four in me realities as a reminder. In, in me, in me realities. Um, Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter 6, verse 3, out of King James Version. It says this, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives, he deceiveth himself. So in me, I am nothing. But in Christ, I am something. I am somebody. In me, I am nothing. Everybody say, in me, I am nothing. But in Christ, I am somebody. Okay, the other one is 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2 says this. King James Version. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. Right. So in me, 
I know nothing. So say, in me, I know nothing. In me, I am nothing. But in Christ, I am somebody. In Christ, I know all things. Okay, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. 1 Corinthians, I think it's, it's good to be reminded of these truths. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, For one maketh thee to differ from another, the, what hast thou that thou didst not receive? <laughs> this is like King James, right? I, I'm not, <laughs> I used to preach from King James all the time, and I went to ESV for the last 20 years, <laughs> and now I'm like going back to King James. All right, for who maketh thee to di differ from another, and what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why does thy glory as if thou hast not received it? In other words, we all receive something for somebody, right? There's no teachings that we receive per se from just the Lord. Now, I'm not saying the Lord can't speak to you and give you something, but it's going to be confirmed by others, right? So if you receive anything from God, you should submit it to your pastor, right, your spiritual leaders. And then also, you can check in church history. Church history is a wonderful tool in which we can balance and to see that if that's something that I'm, if I'm on the right track, right? Not saying that everything in church history is correct, right? But there are some things that's going to be revealed in church history that will affirm that we're in the right direction. That's why we need church history, right? All right, so here it simply says that in me, reality is in me, I have nothing. In me, I have nothing. Um, the first one was in me, I mean, I am nothing. The other one's in me, I know nothing. Here's in me, I have nothing. And so the last one is John 15, 5. John chapter 15, verse 5. John 15, verse 5. And it says this, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do what? Nothing. You can do nothing. Nothing. So in me, I can do nothing. In me, I can do nothing. And we know from Philippians 4.13, in Christ, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But in me, I can do nothing. And if you'll keep these four in me realities before you, it will make you rely on Christ more. It will make you rely on the Holy Spirit more. So what does that have to do with um, Childhood Christianity, everything. It helps us to strengthen that the fact that we need, we need to mature or develop our humility. We need to mature and develop in, in love, mature and develop in faith, and so forth, and patience. And so, and so those are some things that we need to work on. As a Christian, you need to be working on your humility. You need to be working on your love life. You need to be working on your patience. You need to be working on your mind, being reminded that you are nothing without him. I think sometimes when we preach about who we are in Christ, we need the balance of that, that inside, without Christ, I am nothing. I think sometimes people have been cocky and prideful. I, you know, I, I believe God for this and it happened, and I believe God for that. But the other side of it is, but we can't really do any of those things without Christ. And there, there's the book that I, I recently gave out at the banquet. It was called Favor. And, and, and have y'all, anybody start reading that, that book, Favor? 
that that favor has nothing to do with like what we call favor, like, oh, I got a good parking space, so that's the favor of God, which it is, it is, right? <laughs> oh, I got a raise, that's the favor of God. But in the book, Greg Gibbert talks about the favor of God. How can we have favor with God, the favor of God without Jesus? And that Jesus is the favor with God, right? And so because of Jesus, we have favor, and he takes favor a little bit deeper than most of us are used to. And he says, listen, if you don't have favor with God, then you have wrath with God. I was like, oh, that's it. So I gave that book out. So um, I gave it out at the banquet. Um, Father, I thank you for this time, this opportunity to share your word with your people. Give your name all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.